Well, thank you so much for your heart to worship the Lord this morning, to give him praise and to give back just a portion of what he's given to us. And thank you so much for being here this morning. If you are a visitor or a guest, we're so thankful to have you with us today. Uh, hopefully you have, you've already felt welcomed and loved and, and, uh, and that you're pl in a place that uh, loves the Lord. And so we're so thankful to have the opportunity to share God's love with you. And, and allow God to speak through us and live out a life that's pleasing in his sight. And, uh, so t this morning, I just want to take some time to really uh, share uh, from uh, what I believe to be specifically from Jesus Christ himself to remind us of this faith that we have in him. Uh, because we can do a lot of things in this world. We were born and we were created with gifts and talents and abilities. Uh, and if we're not careful, those gifts, talents, and abilities can become our anchor, can become our strong place, the things that we hold on to, uh, the things that we're comfortable with. I had someone share with me uh, um, this week, we were having a discussion, uh, and he said, Pastor Jeff, he said, I, uh, uh, I, how do I, you know, know my spirit. He said, I, I, I know my flesh. I'm intimately acquainted with my flesh. But my spirit man, you know, I, you know, I really, you know, not as acquainted with my spirit man. Because the Bible says that at the moment we accept Christ, we become alive. We are quickened in the spirit. We become a spiritual, living, alive being. But we're so used to in this society, in this world of recognizing and depending upon the natural, our flesh. You know, we were born, and, and from the moment we were able to understand anything, you know, we have that little baby, and we're saying, say daddy, say mama. And we start teaching that, that child how to be proficient in this world, how to stand on their own, and how to walk, and how to talk, and all those things. And those become what we depend on if we're not careful. And we depend so much on the natural that it's hard for us to really grasp us being spiritual beings. And so it's so important that we discuss that and we, and, and we see what Jesus Christ himself is saying to us. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Luke, the 17th chapter. Our scripture reference today will be verse 8 and 9. Luke Correction, the 18th chapter, verse 89. Luke, the 18th chapter, verse 89. And so think about these words. Shall he find faith? Shall he find faith? Here's what Luke, the 18th chapter, verse 89 says. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, Shall he find faith on the earth? And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for waking us this morning, Lord, and giving us a mind and a will to serve you. Father, we ask that you open the eyes of our understanding, allow our ears to hear, and our heart to be pricked and quickened by your Holy Spirit. And Father, speak life and truth. Let your word revive us today. And Father, we thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen. Amen. 
shall he find faith. As we look at these scriptures and we think about the description that Jesus is, is uh, talking about here, it's important to understand what we're seeing in the situation and scenario here. So Jesus has started his ministry, and he is in the process of walking with his disciples uh, and sharing with them the gospel and sharing with them all the work that God has planned and he's doing. And so as he's uh, in this area, there are 10 lepers that come running to him. These 10 lepers come running to him, and Jesus praises over them, and he heals them. They're healed of this leprosy. And the 10 run away, but only one returns. That one returns, and the Bible says that he glorifies God. And so look with me the, the, uh, in Luke, the 17th chapter, verse 20 and 21. Because upon seeing this, upon seeing this happening, the, there was uh, certain people that were called Pharisees, and these were the religious zealots of those days. These were the ones that were in position of, kind of in charge of the Jewish community uh, church there. And so they were, uh, you know, they were kind of uppity a little bit. And so they looked at Jesus and they, and they said this to him in verse 20 and 21. And when he had demanded, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees, so they, they gave Jesus an order. They said, you need to tell us when the kingdom of God should come. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say low here or low there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. See, here's what the Pharisees were doing. They were saying, we, we, we understand how to do all of these religious rules. And these religious rules comes with a certain amount of authority, and they come with, you know, a way of doing things. And so they asked them that question. They said, when does the kingdom of God come? When does the authority, the power, the ability to heal others come? And Jesus responded back to him. He said, it does not come with observation, with seeing it in the natural. We're trying to do it in our own ability. We're trying to do it in our own accord. He says, neither shall they say that it's here. It looks this way or it looks that way in the natural. But it's the power that's within you. You see, there are some things that, that as growing up and um, you know, and, and going into the military, the military talks a lot about leadership. And there's a term that we used to use, it's called a sow. A sow sounds like a horse, doesn't it? But it was really, it means S-A-L, scholar, athlete, leader. And you spend many years developing yourself to be a scholar, to be as educated as possible, that you understand and, and are knowledgeable of your warrior tasks and skills that you understand how to, to make a decisive decision, how to decide on the, on the behalf of others and the behalf of, of, of your command. But then it also talks about that A, an athlete, that you're physically strong, that you have physical abilities, that you're able to run and sustain and be powerful and be strong. And then that L, the leader, that you're able to have influence and lead others and look at a situation Analyze that situation, come up with some course of actions, and make a decisive decision, and 
executed. And we develop this over and over. Mind, body, will. Until we get to a point that we think we're sufficient in ourselves. There's a lot of badges that's put on the chest. There's a lot of accolades on the back. And we look like that all-American hero. And before you know it, we'll be standing in our own ability, in our own accord. And we'll forget that it's in him we move and breathe and have our being. And so Paul, so Jesus said, it neither comes with observation. It's not something that you can, you can see with your natural eye. It's not something that you can try to plan out and make it all these details. But the kingdom of God, the authority of God, the power of God, the will of God is within you. And you know, they probably didn't understand this as they saw it. And, and so he tried to give them a little bit more insight. Uh, and he said, it's just like remembering when you remember Lot, Lot's wife. Look at verse 32 and 33. He says, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. See, Lot's wife, she was holding so much to the things of this world. She was holding to all the things that she had in Sodom. That when it was time to leave and to go and to trust God, she looked back. She was wanting to hold on to all that natural stuff. And as we know, the story unfolds that at the moment she looked back, she turned to a pillar of sand. See, the reality of it is if we hold so tightly to the things of this world, it's like slipping sand. It falls through our hands. It's not what we should be holding on to, that we hold on to the promises of God. And so Jesus asked this question, uh, it says, shall he find faith on the earth? It's so important that we, that we examine that word faith, that we look at it real closely, that we try to understand what it truly means. Because for a while, there was a lot of times that I, I said, man, I see the scripture, how it talks about it, but what is it really all about? See, faith is trusting, even though we don't see, believing, even when everything around us says not to that we trust in him. And here's the understanding that we don't put our faith in, in, in religion, we don't put our faith in a code of conduct, but we put our faith, our belief in the person of Jesus Christ, that we trust in him, that we lean not to our own understanding, as Proverbs 3 tells us, but in all our ways we acknowledge him and he will direct our path. And so Jesus is, is saying, will I shot, find faith on the earth. Not that, that I'll find, you know, men and women standing strong and, and looking good and looking righteous and looking like they got it all together, but will I find faith on the earth? Because all else is like sinking sand. See, turn with me to Proverbs, uh, to uh, Psalms 34, verse 8, because we need to examine this faith and what it means. See, Psalms 34, 8 says this, it says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. See, I thought about this, how to explain what faith looks like, because that's what Paul was trying to do in Hebrews 1. 
You ever read that before? Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, Paul was saying, you'll see faith when you see the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. That's how you'll know faith when you're able to see those things. But it begins with, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And blessed is the man, the woman, that trusteth in him. And so here's how I thought about how to explain this. See, there's somebody here in the church, and I'm not going to tell you who they are because I'm trying to keep that tight and close to myself. There's somebody in here that can make some awesome seafood gumbo. I mean, this seafood gumbo make your knees start shaking. This person made some seafood gumbo for our family. And after tasting that seafood gumbo, my wife and I and my kids and I, all we could say was that was good. And so it was blessed. I, I, you know, it, it convinced me that every time I get that seafood gumbo, I'm going to say it's good. And so I trust that every time I taste that seafood gumbo, it's going to be good. And I'm going to be blessed from it. So let me go down a little bit because here's what Paul says. See, here's how you, you know faith when you see it. Because it's the substance of things hoped for. See, I'm hoping to get that seafood gumbo real soon again. That person's here. I ain't saying their name, but I'm just foot stomping. And so the substance of things hoped for is that I'm going to act like I'm expecting it. And I'm excited about it. Because I've tasted that he is good. And so I'm expecting, I'm going to tell somebody, I'm going to share, I'm going to say something about it. I might, even, I might even call that person and say, you know it was good. <laughs> I may even say what you want. I can go get the ingredients. When can I come over? When you got time. And see, I get that gumbo. And I'm loosening my belt up. See, I'm doing some substance things. I'm preparing, I'm putting the collar on, I'm getting my, I'm like, I need some space. Get me ready now. And then I eat that gumbo. And all that gumbo gets eaten. And physically, you can't see that gumbo anymore, but there's some evidence of things not seen. Because I've tasted and seen that it's good, that my eyes get a little droopy and I, I lay back on my couch and my belly is all full. And maybe I go and I just got this smile on my face and my wife don't know why I got this smile on my face and I'm just because I'm thinking about how good it is. See, he's telling us, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusted in him. The before and the after. The beginning and the end. That he's Alpha and Omega. It doesn't matter what the situation, because let me tell you, that gumbo's so good, if she wants me to sit out there and eat it in the rain, I'm going to be all right. Because so often we can look at the peripheral stuff. And we can say that the Lord is not good. And I, we may not say the words, but we're so busy looking at the peripheral stuff that we miss the goodness of God. So often we can, we, we, we can get in there and we say, well, I can make a gumbo good too. 
and we throw our ingredients in, and, and there's something missing. It's, it's all right. It's a decent gumbo, but it ain't that gumbo. And we'll try to stand on our own abilities. When he's saying, trust me, come to me. Know that I am good, that I'm God, that our faith should be in the person of Jesus Christ, not in our religion, not in our works, but in his work. See, I discovered what James was saying. James was saying, I'll show you my faith by my works. He wasn't talking about doing works for faith. He said, because of my tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, because of my trusting in him, it's going to come out as fruit in me. The before, because I have an expectation that God is going to do something good in my life. He's already been good to me. I'm excited about it. There's an expectation of it. And so I'm going to go running towards him. And then I get in his presence and I experience him. He loves on me. He shows me how good he is and how he goes before me and how he's always with me and he sustains me and it caused me to want to run some more and allow the fruit of the Spirit to come out. Love, joy, peace, hope. Maybe there's been times where, 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 where someone has come against you and they've done all these things with, against you and the expectation was that you would respond that way but you just had joy and hope. And it was like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with that person? Because you've tasted the good that everything else fails in comparison. That we don't get all mixed up with stuff when it, when it, when it goes on the other side, because we already have tasted, and our hope is in him. See, look else what he was saying here. Go with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Look at verse 6 for me. See, Paul said this in verse 6 of Hebrews 11. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He says, without faith, it's impossible. No gift, no talent, no ability will ever please God without faith. They're not the priority. Us leaning on ourselves is not the priority. It's having faith in him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is that he's all you need, that he's able, that he loves you so much that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, that he has an undying love for you, that he sealed you with a promise, that he's God and God alone, that no matter what your situation looks like, you don't have to depend upon yourself, you just can depend upon him. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. See, when we seek him, now it may not look like what we think reward is, but I guarantee you, he will blow your mind with how he can reward, how he can 
shower you with his blessing when you digitally seek him. And sometimes that means walking through the, through, through the jungles of this world. And sometimes that means being in the desert that it seems like that you're by yourself. And that it seems like you're not going to be able to make it. But at the right moment, at the right time, God does something amazing. See, it took me a while to get and grasp what Jesus was saying in the book of Matthew. Remember, he, he said this scripture. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can move mountains. See, if we're not careful, we can look at that scripture and we can say, we, we, we can think it says as little as a mustard seed. It doesn't say as little as all, at all. It says as a mustard seed. So let me tell you a little bit about a mustard seed. A mustard seed is the, one of the smallest grain of seeds in the world. It's very, very, very small. And see, that mustard seed can sit in a place, in a ground, or in a location without water, without sunlight, without nourishment, for years upon years upon years. But there's something about that mustard seed. That mustard seed has life within it that even though it hasn't received any light, any sun, any water, is still a mustard seed. But at the right time, in the right season, when the sun comes out and that mustard seed is watered, it grows to the largest vegetative plant known to mankind. And so God is saying there's something inside of you there's faith inside of you, just like there's life inside that mustard seed. That in due time, in due season, while facing the sun and allowing God, God to water you with his word, there's going to be a season that's going to grow and prosper and make you large among men, and God will show himself and be glorified in and through you. If you're like that mustard seed, that you don't look at the conditions and say, this is too hard. There's not enough light. There's no water. But you just trust in his unchanging hand. Paul said, I've learned that whatever state I'm in, to be content. I've learned how to be a base, and I've learned how to abound. I've learned that in him, all things are possible. So he's saying, have faith as that mustard seed. Being willing to stand on the promises of God. Being willing to trust in him. Being willing to be the one that when Jesus comes, he finds faith on the earth. Not men and women standing in their own abilities, but trusting in a living God. Go back with me to Luke, the Luke, the 17th chapter. See, there's something very important to see here. See, Jesus healed 10 lepers that day. But there was only one 
that came back. And that one when he came back. Look what the scriptures say. In verse 17 of the 17th chapter, and Jesus answering said, Where are not, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Verse 18, there are not found that returned to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith have made thee whole. So there's something very key for us to get out of that. See, Jesus healed ten, but only one was made whole. See, Jesus can heal at any point and any time, but our faith makes us whole. That we not only just have the temporary healing that this world has to offer, but we have eternal wholeness him. See, he doesn't just want you to be healed, but he wants you to be whole. He wants you to lack for nothing. He wants when that day when he comes back that he sees the wholeness of his bride. That he sees you ready and expecting and, and, and ready to receive him. Because you've experienced his wholeness. You've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You've trusted in him, and he made you whole. No need to look to the left or look to the right for help, because your help cometh from the Lord. And he gives you that peace that passes all understanding. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for you to be whole. He's not looking for us to stand in our own ability, but to stand on his promises, to trust him. And when he comes back, he finds faith, he finds faith, he finds faith. He finds whole people of God standing and rejoicing. Because we've tasted and we've seen that he's good. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's worthy.